I feel obliged to extend my warm welcome to all the all present here for the talk and book launch of Saffron Swords by Srimati Manushi Sinar Rawal. It has become a regular aspect and part of Indic Academy to organize these programs. Now I invite guests to today's function with a request to come on to the dais and occupy the distinguished chairs. Any program is not complete without invoking the presence of, of God amongst us. I now call upon Sri Ravi Prakash to invoke the presence of the Supreme within us. Baroni enna manamandirakke tadamadu deke deva baro krishna ಮಾರಜನಕಹರಿ ನಿನ್ನ ಅಗಲಿಕೆ ಮಾರಜನಕಹರಿ ನಿನ್ನ ಅಗಲಿಕೆ ಸ್ಮರಿಸುವೆ ಕ್ಷಣ ಕ್ಷಣಕ್ಕೆ ದೇವಾರೋನಿಯನ್ನ ಮನ ಮಂದಿರಕ್ಕೆ ತಡ ಮಾಡು ತೇಕೆ ದೇವಾರೋ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಬಾರೋ ಬಾರೋ ಮಧುರಾಪುರಿ ಬಿಟ್ಟು ಬಾರೋ ಬಾರೋ ಮಧುರಾಪುರಿ ಬಿಟ್ಟು ಸೇರಿಕೊಳ್ಳದಿರೋ ವರ ಕರಿಪೂರವ ಬಾರೋ ಬಾರೋ ಮಧುರಾಪುರಿ ಬಿಟ್ಟು ಸೇರಿಕೊಳ್ಳದಿರೋ ವರ ಕರಿಪೂರವ ಬಾರೋನಿಯನ್ನ ಮನ ಮಂದಿರಕ್ಕೆ ತಡ ಮಾಡು ದೇಕೆ ದೇವಾರೋ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಇಂತು ಪರಿಯನ ನಿಂತು ಪೇಳೆನು ಇಂತು ಪರಿಯನ ನಿಂತು ಪೇಳೆನು ಕಾಂತಿಯನ್ನ ಮನ ಅಂತರ್ಯಾಮಿ ಇಂತು ಪರಿಯನ ನಿಂತು ಪೇಳೆನು ಕಾಂತಿಯನ್ನ ಮನ ಅಂತರ್ಯಾಮಿ ಈ ಕರೆ ಕರೆಯೊಳು ನೀ ಕೂಡಿರುವುದು ಈ ಕರೆ ಕರೆಯೊಳು ನೀ ಕೂಡಿರುವುದು ಯಾ ಕಲೆ ಕಾಂತನೆ ಮಾಮೃತ್ ಕಮಲದಿ ಯಾ ಕಲೆ ಕಾಂತನೆ ಮಾಮೃತ್ ಕಮಲದಿ ಇಷ್ಟು ಪರಿಯಾಬಹು ಕಷ್ಟವಿದೇತಕೋ ಇಷ್ಟು ಪರಿಯಾಬಹು ಕಷ್ಟವಿದೇತಕೋ ದಿಟ್ಟ ಪುರಾಂದರ ಪೀಠಲರಾಯನೆ 
ದಿಟ್ಟಪೂರಂದರ ವಿಠಲರಾಯನೇ ಮಾರೋ ನೀ ಎನ್ನ ಮನ ಮಂದಿರಕ್ಕೆ ತಡ ಮಾಡು ದೇಕೆ ದೇವಾ ಬಾರೋ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ರವಿಪ್ರಕಾಶ್ ಐ ವಿಲ್ ಡೂ ಅ ಸ್ಮಾಲ್ ಇಂಟ್ರೊಡಕ್ಷನ್ ಅಬೌಟ್ ಇಂಡಿಕ್ ಅಕಾಡೆಮಿ ಹೂ ಇಸ್ ಕಂಡಕ್ಟಿಂಗ್ ದಿಸ್ ಪ್ರೋಗ್ರಾಮ್ ಇಂಡಿಕ್ ಅಕಾಡೆಮಿ ವಿ ಆರ್ ಎ ನಾನ್ ಟ್ರೆಡಿಷನಲ್ ಯೂನಿವರ್ಸಿಟಿ ಫಾರ್ ಟ್ರೆಡಿಷನಲ್ ನಾಲೆಜ್ ವಿ ಆರ್ ಸೀಕಿಂಗ್ ಟು ಬಿಲ್ಡ್ ಅ ಗ್ಲೋಬಲ್ ರನೈಸನ್ಸ್ ಬೇಸ್ಡ್ ಆನ್ ಇಂಡಿಕ್ ಸಿವಿಲೈಸೇಷನಲ್ ಥಾಟ್ ಬೈ ಟ್ರಾನ್ಸ್ಫರ್ಮಿಂಗ್ ಇಂಟಲೆಕ್ಚುಯಲ್ಸ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಬಿಲ್ಡಿಂಗ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಈಕೋಸಿಸ್ಟಮ್ the uniqueness of indic thought lies in the manifestation of across the spectrum of scriptures commentaries literature art crafts and spiritual practices we therefore believe that an renaissance effort should focus on the entire spectrum of our thought namely intellectual spiritual and cultural activities we simultaneously seek to preserve our traditional institutions knowledge and practices protect our identity from being distorted and promote our thought to local and global consumers practitioners and seekers we achieve these through chapters spread all across the globe presently we are more than 30 chapters across the globe Indica Mysore is a city based network of Indic Academy. Uh, I would now call upon Nitin Sridhar to introduce our distinguished guests on the dais. Shri Guru Bhyo Namaha. We have amidst us distinguished guests on the stage Professor Shivram Malavalli ji, Shri Shripati ji, Shrimati Chaya Nanjapa ji, and of course our author. Shrimati Manashi Sinha Rawalji. I would like to introduce, uh, give a sh- short introduction of each of our guests today. Professor Shivram Mal- Malwaldiji has uh, 32 years of industrial and research experience and has been the architect of what is called a STEP, Science and Technology Entrepreneurs Park. And he has also sp- uh, spearheaded the establishment of SEED, the software entrepreneurs and employees development a technology business incubator supporting exclusively it startups he was also the chairman of institute of engineers this location between 2002 and 2004 presently he is the governor of the board of governors of swami rama himalaya university dehradun and uh, he is resident chairman of san francisco bengaluru sister city initiative and managing trustee of malavalli foundation also known as shiv yogi professor marwali is a direct disciple of swami rama of the himalayas under whose uh, whose tutelage he was initiated into shri vidya agnihotra and ashtanga yoga of patanjali professor marwali has created lyrics for spiritual songs based on shri vidya his first album was nadabindu shri vidya nadopasane which was released by shri baba ramdev he is also uh, authoring a book titled shri vidya sadhana a scientific connotation on the behalf of indic academy uh, we welcome you sir 
Uh, I request uh, Padmavati ji to uh, felicitate him with a bouquet. Um, our next uh, distinguished chief guest is Sri Sripati ji. He was a software professional and a successful businessman, but due to his love of Bharat and an intention to so uh, serve our society and Sanatana Dharma, uh, he has uh, left his uh, lucrative profession and he is now working as full-time uh, a, a Purnavadi Karyakarta and uh, Sampark Pramukh at Rashtriya Swayam Sevak Sangha. On behalf of Indic Academy, we welcome you, sir. Please accept our flower bucket. Srimati Chaya Nanjapa is an award-winning first-generation rural woman entrepreneur with her experience spanning all nuances of food production from farm to fork. She is the founder and managing partner of the brand Nectar Fresh and her unit is Kadi and Village Board backed rural enterprise that has been empowering the rural and tribal folk as well as the small farmers. Nectar Fresh is currently one of the major buyers of tribal honey from country and has now diversified into many agro-based products like jams, coffee, etc. Her wide spectrum in undertaking agriculture, food processing and marketing has resulted in successful amalgamation of food producers, food industry and consumers. She is prestigious member of National Bee Board. She is also currently member of Executive uh, Committee of Indian Institute of Food Processing Technology. She also chaired the session Inspired Women at World Hindu Congress in Chicago. On the behalf of Indic Academy, we welcome you ma'am. Please accept the flower bucket. Now to the center of attention of today's event, Srimati Manashi Sinha Rawalji, a very good friend, personal good friend of mine. Uh, she is the author of eight books, including two books on Krishna, namely The Eighth Avatar and Blue Vanquisher. She is the collaborative author of DGP English Improvement Course, a bestseller since 13 years, with 13th edition in the market at present. Saffron Swartz. This is her latest book, which is the first in a new series she has just started. She is co-authoring this with her husband, uh, Yoga Ditya Singh Raval. And uh, this is a book uh, which documents the valor of Indian warriors. A 52 tales of valor of uh, Indian warriors, freedom fighters, who have resisted Islamic uh, invasions, plundering, and British colonialism for the last 1,300 years, between 8th century till 1947. Manashi ji is a postgraduate in English literature from the University of Pune. She is also a poet, blogger, and a certified astrologer. She is an avid uh, heritage traveler, exploring less explored ancient and medieval era temples with her husband, who is also the co-author, as I said. She is the founder of Mindia, MyGlory.com, an e-magazine that focuses on Indian history and heritage. She was also featured on DD Bharti as a panelist to speak on Goddess Durga uh, based on her temple visits on the occasion of last Navaratri. On the behalf of Indic Academy, we welcome you. Please accept the first bucket. I, I request uh, the audience to come forward who are sitting in the last so that uh, you, can, you may better enjoy the session. 
and uh, now i request our chief guest on the stage to release the book and uh, start the session ಸಾಕ್ಷಾತ್ಪರಬ್ರಹ್ಮ ತಸ್ಮೈ ಶ್ರೀಗುರುವೇ ನಮಃ ಅಖಂಡಮಂಡಲಾಕಾರ ವ್ಯಾಪ್ತರಾಚರ ತತ್ಪದುರಿತ ತಸ್ಮೈ ಶ್ರೀಗುರುವೇ ನಮಃ ಓಂ ಶಾಂತಿ 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 ಶ್ರೀಗುರುಭ್ಯೋ ನಮಃ ಹರಿ ಮುನೀಷಾ ಜಿ ಆನರಬಲ್ ಮುನೀಷಾ ಜಿ ದಿ ದಿ ಇಂಪಾರ್ಟೆಂಟ್ ಪರ್ಸನ್ ಆಫ್ ದಿ ಡೇ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಚಾಯಾಜಿ ಹೂ ಇಸ್ ಅವರ್ ಮೋಸ್ಟ್ ಎಂಟರ್ಪ್ರೈಸಿಂಗ್ ಎಂಟರ್ಪ್ರನರ್ ಹೂ ಇಸ್ ಡೂಯಿಂಗ್ ಲಾಟ್ ಆಫ್ ಸರ್ವಿಸ್ ನಾಟ್ ಓನ್ಲಿ ಟು ದ ಎಂಟರ್ಪ್ರನೋರಿಯಲ್ ಫೀಲ್ಡ್ ಬಟ್ ಆಲ್ಸೋ ದಿ hindutva and the hindu movement and all the dignitaries on the dais and my dear friends it's an honor for me to be sharing the dais along with monisha ji who is a exemplary personality who has done wonders in terms of collecting all the information across india and i was surprised yesterday when we met her informally at chayan chayaji's place she was telling about her experience how she was able to collect all the information going to each one of the places and which in this book who uh, whatever uh, the warriors and heroes of india it is written here every place she has visited and she has traveled along with her husband and she has moved there and gone there researched got the facts right and then brought in all the information and some of the reviews i saw and some of them has written when they read this book they experience goosebumps on them because that is the level of heroism and nationalism each one of the warriors projected themselves and it was an in, it's an experience by itself i would recommend each one of you and your friends to read this and experience the same feeling of nationalism across board 
and feel and transfer it to your future generation. It's an important phenomena because we should feel proud of our heritage and proud of our heroes. Then only you can look up to some of them as role models in terms of their values, in terms of their, in, in terms of their valor, and in terms of their nationalism, and sacrificing their entire life for Bharat. That was the level of commitment of each of the warriors. And unfortunately, you all know, many of them faded into oblivion. And the so-called historians never wanted to bring it to light and be part of the textbooks in the uh, schools. It's very important for us to safeguard this tradition and safeguard this valor and heroism of these people so that our future generation will have a true heroes, not the cinematic heroes who will be following in the usual course of time. We should be able to follow them. So with this as the backdrop, if we had to analyze why, what happened, we had so much of uh, uh, cultural heritage in the entire process of uh, the history of uh, India. And even though in some of the cases, the Ramayana and Mahabharata, if you take it, even though it is called Itihasa, but it is an history part of our uh, tradition. Nowadays, slowly, historically, they are proving Rama existed and Krishna also existed. And archaeological surveys, they have found out. Yesterday I was reading in paper, in Iran, in a cave, they saw the image of uh, Rama. That was the greatness. It has spread throughout the world. In Germany, they have seen Narsimha, the idol of Narsimha. And you can see the extent of spread of Hinduism. And you cannot call it as Hinduism, you should call it as Sanatana Dharma, which is based on certain principles, certain philosophies, which is exalted during that particular time. And here I want to mention that when European continent, there are people living in caves. In India, there were a lot of gurukuls. The exemplary education system was there. Exemplary medical activity was there in terms of Ayurveda. And Shushruta, you must be knowing very well, all the aspect of surgery and other things. He was a, and we were far, far ahead of all the, somewhere in between, we lost the connection. So here I want, uh, because of the historical reason, the historians never predicted and never uh, shown this in our textbooks. Here I want to read out one African proverb. It's an African proverb, until the lion learns how to write, every story will glorify the hunter. That means this is akin to victors writing the history of the vanquished. So, who were invaded, they started writing our history. 
and obviously it is a biased situation. They will be projecting their bayala, their thing, and unfortunately we fall into the trap because we are all educated in the Western system. Whatever the Western system say, we believe that that is the superior thing than our own culture and our own tradition and our own Sanatana Dharma and our own Upanishads and Vedanta and, uh, and also Vedas. So if you look at that, we should, be, we should revive this cultural pride in us so that our future generation will start thinking first Indian and then Sanatana Dharmis who have highest cultural heritage in the world. And this is the situation we should pass it on to our future generation. And I thank uh, Manoshiji for having brought out this aspect of Indianness in terms of heroism, valor and greatness of nationalism so that this book will be a precursor for future generation to feel pride of our culture and our heritage. And in this, I would also, I was suggesting to Manoshiji that there is a need for visiting each of the states and find out in each state who are all the warriors, who are all the heroes, who are all the people who protected India, protected their own province, protected their own civilization and culture, even on harsh conditions, in harsh conditions. For a, uh, one example is Abaka. You know, some of you might not be knowing it. She drove Portuguese away from her kingdom six times. And she was able to protect their culture so well. So like that, there are several uh, heroes and heroines. They are available. So if it is possible to find out in each state, because if you are a Karnataka person, you will all you will be feeling proud to associate yourself with the hero of that state. So if that is done, state-wise booklet, if it is brought in, and a collective, and pick some of the important aspect, some great people, and create a final book, which she has already done, and bring out this concept. And another thing I just wanted to mention here is, if you wait for the government, even the intentions are good. If the government wants to implement in all the schools, all the textbook, if it has to be changed, then it takes a lot of time because there is a lot of resistance from the so-called pseudo-intellectuals and pseudo-seculars who will be creating a lot of problem for that to But intentions are good. The government's intentions are good, but it takes time for them to implement. Instead of that, make it a national movement, people's movement, and create in each school a traditional competition on, with this book as the basis, and create competition among students in terms of oratory skills on those subjects, or writing skills, in terms of competition of essays and discussions group about the valor and 
the the greatness of Indian heroes. If that is done, that itself will that is stronger than bringing into the test book. And some might read and some uh, some might not read that because it is an exam where the, if you are 40% if you are able to cover, you will be able to pass. You will not be able to go through all the <laughs> subjects that are there. So in that context, I would urge all the parents and the teachers and the owners of uh, the schools to implement this in an ad hoc basis and make it a national movement so that the future generation feel proud of their tradition and they hold their head high and move with great respect for themselves. With this, I congratulate Monashiji again and make sure her efforts and her, uh, the future publications reachable to the common man and this becomes a tradition and a byword in all the family that these books are available with each of the family. Thank you very much. Thank you, sir, for enlightening words and making us feel proud about our Sanatana Dharma. And uh, I hope uh, um, Manushiji will take some of his inputs and state-wise this one also. And, and also to the teachers, he has given some inputs. I hope they will also take care of it. I now call upon Shri, uh, uh, Shripati ji to talk a few words and enlighten us. Hello. Hiriere, Matu Vedike Kalagirvantela Hiriere, Tayandire. You don't the Vishesha Sandarba Nene our Jote Church Maduaga on the Visha Heli, the Adnatirga Helik Nan Baisten. Idi Prapancha Janarana Togondre on the more broad classification Madavodante. Otherly, Modale Gumpo, Iriti Yochne Madatante. Enandre, Idi Prapanchano dondo Marukate, Hagis Mel Jivan Andre no the Viapara. The whole world is a market, life is a business. Iriti Yochne Madoro, America, European Desh, the Lisiktare. Adike hiring, firing, body shopping, either at Padagala Banti Denta, health. Inondu gumpe diante, a gumpe yochne madatante. Idi prapancha no don the yudda bumi. Hagi mel jivan andre no andre yudda. The whole world is a battlefield. Life is a battle. Anta yochne madavanta janaidarant. Auro yavaglo hodi beku, badi beku, bere or mele, melega yena sadhus beku. Ilandre nanu jivana madlik, ago di la. Ariti and ambike night kondirar. Islamic Deshagalli and Musikta. Our over Hordarkon, Verdarkon Sait either. Our Mele organ and Bikela. Adre, Murne Gumpondide. A Murne Gumpi outra Yochne Maratendre. Idi Prapancha the Lirvanta Janella. One the Kutumba. Hagin Mele Jivan Andreanunt, Hedre, Jivan Anadundu. Tatva, Adarsha. The whole world is a family. Life is a philosophy. 
ಆ ತತ್ವ ಆದರ್ಶವನ್ನು ಇಟ್ಕೊಂಡು ನಾವು ನಮ್ಮ ಜೀವನದ ಪದ್ಧತಿಯನ್ನು ರೂಪಿಸ್ಕೊಂಡಿರೋರು ಅದಕ್ಕೋಸ್ಕರ ಅದಕ್ಕೋಸ್ಕರ ನಮ್ಮ ಇತಿಹಾಸದಲ್ಲಿ ನಾವು ಯಾವ ದೇಶದ ಮೇಲೂ ದಂಡೆತ್ತಿ ಹೋಗಿಲ್ಲ ಯುದ್ಧ ಮಾಡಿಲ್ಲ ನಾವು ಹೆಗ್ಗಳಿಕೆಯಿಂದ ಹೇಳ್ಕೊಳ್ತೀವಿ ಯಾಕೆಂದರೆ ಇಡೀ ಪ್ರಪಂಚವೇ ನಮ್ಮದು ಒಂದು ಕುಟುಂಬ ಅಂತ ಹೇಳಿದ ಮೇಲೆ ನಮ್ಮ ಕುಟುಂಬದ ಸದಸ್ಯರ ಮೇಲೆ ನಾವೇನು ಯುದ್ಧ ಮಾಡಲಿಕ್ಕೆ ಸಾಧ್ಯ ಏನು ಇದೇ ಮಾತನ್ನು ಸ್ವಾಮಿ ವಿವೇಕಾನಂದರು ಚಿಕಾಗೋದ ಅಮೆರಿಕದಲ್ಲಿ ಅಲ್ಲಿ ಸಿಸ್ಟರ್ಸ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಬ್ರದರ್ಸ್ ಆಫ್ ಅಮೇರಿಕಾ ಅಂತ ಹೇಳುವಾಗ ಈ ವಿಷಯವನ್ನೇ ಅವರು ಹೇಳಿದರು ವಸುದೈವ ಕುಟುಂಬಕಂ ಇಡೀ ವಿಶ್ವವೇ ಒಂದು ಕುಟುಂಬ ಅದಕ್ಕೋಸ್ಕರ ಅವರಿಗೆ ಮಾತಿಗೆ ಬನ್ನಿ ಅಂತ ಕರೆದಾಗ ಆಮೇಲೆ ಮಾತಾಡ್ತೀನಿ ಆಮೇಲೆ ಮಾತಾಡ್ತೀನಿ ಅಂತ ಹೇಳ್ತಾಯಿದ್ರು ಇನ್ನು ಮುಗೀತು ಇವಾಗ ನೀವು ಬಂದು ಮಾತಾಡಿದ್ರೆ ಉಂಟು ಇಲ್ಲ ಅಂತಂದರೆ ನಾವು ಕಾರ್ಯಕ್ರಮ ಮುಗಿಸ್ತಾ ಇದ್ದೀವಿ ಅಂತ ಹೇಳುವಾಗ ಅವರೇ ಬಂದು ಎದ್ದು ನಿಂತ್ಕೊಂಡು ಮಾತಾಡಲಿಕ್ಕೆ ಶುರು ಮಾಡ್ತಾರೆ ಬೆಳಗ್ಗೆಯಿಂದ ಸಂಜೆವರೆಗೂ ಜನ ಎಲ್ಲರ ಮಾತನ್ನು ಕೇಳಿ ಕೇಳಿ ಸಾಕಾಗೋಗಿತ್ತು ಇನ್ನು ಯಾವಾಗ ನಿಲ್ಲಿಸ್ತಾರಪ್ಪ ಇದನ್ನು ಅಂತ ಇವಾಗ ನೀವು ಅದೇ ಥರ ಕೂತಿದ್ದೀರಲ್ಲ ಇನ್ನು ಯಾವಾಗ ಭಾಷಣ ಮುಗಿಸ್ತಾರೋ ಅಂತ ಆ ರೀತಿಯಲ್ಲೆಲ್ಲ ಜನ ಕೂತಿದ್ದರು ಆ ಸಮಯದಲ್ಲಿ ಅವ್ರು ಎದ್ದು ನಿಂತು ಮಾತಾಡ್ತಾ ಇರೋದು ಅವ್ರು ಎದ್ದು ನಿಂತು ಮಾತಾಡುವಾಗ ಸಿಸ್ಟರ್ಸ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಬ್ರದರ್ಸ್ ಆಫ್ ಅಮೇರಿಕಾ ಅಂತ ಹೇಳಿದ ಕೂಡಲೇ ಎಲ್ಲರೂ ಎದ್ದು ನಿಂತು ಎರಡು ನಿಮಿಷ ಚಪ್ಪಾಳೆ ತಟ್ಟಿದ್ರು ಅಂತ ಉಲ್ಲೇಖ ಇದೆ ಯಾಕೆ ಮಾಡಿದ್ರು ಅವ್ರಿಗೇನು ವಿಶೇಷ ಅಂತ ಅನ್ನಿಸ್ತು ಅಂತ ಹೇಳಿದ್ರೆ ಬೆಳಗ್ಗೆಯಿಂದ ಸಂಜೆಯವರೆಗೂ ಎಲ್ಲರೂ ಮಾತಾಡಿದ್ರಲ್ಲಿ ನಾನು ನನ್ನದೇ ಶ್ರೇಷ್ಠ ನಾನೇ ಶ್ರೇಷ್ಠ ಅನ್ನುವಂಥ ವಿಷಯ ಇತ್ತು ದ ಕಾನ್ಸೆಪ್ಟ್ ಆಫ್ ಐ ಆದರೆ ಇವರು ಹೇಳಿದ್ರಲ್ಲಿ ನಾನು ಬೇರೆ ಅಲ್ಲ ನೀವು ಬೇರೆ ಅಲ್ಲ ನೀವು ನನ್ನ ಅಣ್ಣ ತಮ್ಮಂದಿರು ಅಕ್ಕ ತಂಗಿಯರು ಅಂತ ಹೇಳುವಾಗ ದ ಕಾನ್ಸೆಪ್ಟ್ ಆಫ್ ವಿ ಅದಿತ್ತು ಅದಕ್ಕೋಸ್ಕರ ಈ ವಸುದೈವ ಕುಟುಂಬಕಂ ವಿಷಯವನ್ನು ತುಂಬ ಸೂಕ್ಷ್ಮವಾಗಿ ಅದರಲ್ಲಿ ಅವರು ಹೇಳಿದರು ಅದಕ್ಕೋಸ್ಕರ ಜನ ಎದ್ದು ನಿಂತು ಚಪ್ಪಾಳೆ ತಟ್ಟಿದರು ಈ ವಿಷಯವನ್ನು ಇಟ್ಕೊಂಡು ನಾವು ಇನ್ನೊಂದು ನಾವು ಇಂತಹ ಫಿಲಾಸಫಿಯನ್ನು ಇಟ್ಕೊಂಡು ನಾವು ಬದುಕ್ತಾ ಇರುವಾಗ ನಾವು ಯಾರ ಮೇಲೂ ಯುದ್ಧ ಮಾಡಲಿಕ್ಕೆ ಸಾಧ್ಯವೇ ಇಲ್ಲ ಆದರೆ ನಮ್ಮೇಲೆ ಎಲ್ಲರೂ ಯಾಕೆ ಯುದ್ಧ ಮಾಡ್ತಾ ಇದ್ದಾರೆ ಅಂತಂದು ಹೇಳಿದ್ರೆ ಈ ಎರಡನೇ ಗುಂಪು ಹೇಳಿದ್ನಲ್ಲ ಆ ನಂಬಿಕೆ ಇರೋರು ನಮ್ಮನ್ನು ಸುಮ್ಮನೆ ಇರಲಿಕ್ಕೆ ಬಿಡೋದೇ ಇಲ್ಲ ಅವರು ಯಾವಾಗಲೂ ನಮ್ಮನ್ನು ಸದೆ ಬಡಿಬೇಕು ನಮ್ಮೇಲೆ ಮೇಲ್ಗೈಯನ್ನು ಸಾಧಿಸಬೇಕು ಇಲ್ಲಾಂದರೆ ನಾವು ಜೀವನ ಮಾಡಲಿಕ್ಕೆ ಆಗಲ್ಲ ಅಂತ ನಂಬಿಕೆಯನ್ನು ಇಟ್ಕೊಂಡಿರೋರಾದ್ರಿಂದ ಯಾವಾಗಲೂ ನಮ್ಮ ಮೇಲೆ ದಬ್ಬಾಳಿಕೆಯನ್ನು ಮಾಡ್ಕೊಂಡು ಬಂದಿದ್ದಾರೆ ಸಂಘರ್ಷವನ್ನು ಮಾಡ್ಕೊಂಡು ಬಂದಿದ್ದಾರೆ ನಮ್ಮ ಈ ಇತಿಹಾಸ ಸೋಲಿನ ಇತಿಹಾಸ ಅಂತ ಇತಿಹಾಸಕಾರರು ಬರೆದಿದ್ದಾರೆ ಯಾಕೆಂತ ಹೇಳಿದರೆ ಎಲ್ಲ ಬ್ರಿಟಿಷ್ನವರು ಬರೆದಿರೋದು ನಮ್ಮ ದೇಶದ ನಮಗೆ ಸ್ವಾಭಿಮಾನವನ್ನು ತಂದುಕೊಡದೇ ಇರುವಂಥ ಇತಿಹಾಸವನ್ನು ಇವರಿಗೆ ಬರೆದ್ರೆ ಮಾತ್ರ ಇವರು ಯಾವಾಗಲೂ ತಲೆ ತಗ್ಗಿಸಿ ಇರ್ಬೋದು ಅವಾಗ ನಾವು ಯಾವಾಗಲೂ ಇವ್ರ ಮೇಲೆ ನಾವು ದಬ್ಬಾಳಿಕೆ ಮಾಡಿಕೊಂಡು ಆಳ್ತಾ ಇರ್ಬೋದು ಅನ್ನುವಂಥ ಒಂದು ನಂಬಿಕೆ ಮೇಲೆ ಅವರು ಹಾಗೆ ಮಾಡಿದ್ದಾರೆ ಆದರೆ ನಮ್ಮದು ಸೋಲಿನ ಇತಿಹಾಸ ಅಕಸ್ಮಾತ್ ಆಗಿದ್ದೇ ಪಕ್ಷದಲ್ಲಿ ಇನ್ನೂ ಈ ದೇಶದಲ್ಲಿ ಎಂಬತ್ತೈದು ಪರ್ಸೆಂಟು ಹಿಂದೂಗಳು ಇರಲಿಕ್ಕೆ ಸಾಧ್ಯ ಆಗ್ತಾನೇ ಇರಲಿಲ್ಲ ಯಾವಾಗಲೂ ಇಸ್ಲಾಮಿಕ್ ದೇಶ ಆಗ್ಬಿಡ್ತಾ ಇತ್ತು ಇಲ್ಲ ಏನೋ ಒಂದು ಆಗ್ಬಿಡ್ತಾ ಇತ್ತು ಆದರೆ ಈಗಲೂ ಕೂಡ ಪ್ರಪಂಚದ ಮೂಲೆ ಮೂಲೆಗಳಲ್ಲಿ ಹಿಂದೂಗಳು ಉನ್ನತ ಸ್ಥಾನದಲ್ಲಿದ್ದು ನಮ್ಮ ಸಂಸ್ಕೃತಿಯನ್ನು ಕಾಪಾಡ್ಕೊಂಡು ಬಂದಿದ್ದಾರೆ ಅಂತಂದರೆ ನಮ್ಮದು ಸೋಲಿನ ಇತಿಹಾಸ ಅಲ್ಲ ಇದು ಸಂಘರ್ಷದ ಇತಿಹಾಸ ನಾವು ಕೆಲವು ಸಮಯದಲ್ಲಿ ಸೋತಿರ್ಬೋದು ಬೇರೆ ವಿಷಯ ಆದರೆ ಸಂಘರ್ಷವನ್ನು ಮಾಡಿಕೊಂಡು ನಮ್ಮ ಸಂಸ್ಕೃತಿಯನ್ನು ಕಾಪಾಡ್ಕೊಂಡು ನಾವು ಬಂದಿದ್ದೀವಿ ಇದು ನಿಜವಾದ ಇತಿಹಾಸ ಇದನ್ನು ನಮ್ಮ ಪಠ್ಯಪುಸ್ತಕಗಳಲ್ಲಿ ಕೊಡಬೇಕಾಗಿತ್ತು ಆದರೆ ಕೊಡೋದಿಲ್ಲ ಯಾಕೆಂದ
ಈಗಲೂ ಕೂಡ ನೀವು ತಿಪ್ಪು ಸುಲ್ತಾನ ಟೈಗರ್ ಅಂತ ಹೇಳ್ತಾರೆ ಆದರೆ ಶಿವಾಜಿನ ಬೆಟ್ಟದ ಇಲಿ ಅಂತ ಹೇಳ್ತಾರೆ ಅದು ತಿಪ್ಪು ಸುಲ್ತಾನ್ ಒಬ್ಬ ಮದಾಂಧ ಅವನ್ನ ಹೇಗೆ ನಾವು ಟೈಗರ್ ಅಂತ ಹೇಳಲಿಕ್ಕೆ ಸಾಧ್ಯ ಖಂಡಿತ ಹೇಳಲಿಕ್ಕೆ ಸಾಧ್ಯ ಇಲ್ಲ ಈ ರೀತಿ ಸಾಕಷ್ಟು ಉದಾಹರಣೆಗಳನ್ನ ಕೊಡ್ಬೋದು ಅಕ್ಬರ್ ದಿ ಗ್ರೇಟ್ ಅಂತಾರೆ ಆದರೆ ರಾಣಾ ಪ್ರತಾಪ್ ಸಿಂಹ ಬಗ್ಗೆ ಏನು ಕೂಡ ನಮ್ಮ ಟೆಕ್ಸ್ಟ್ ಬುಕ್ಕಲ್ಲಿ ವಿಷಯಗಳು ಇಲ್ಲವೇ ಇಲ್ಲ ಅಕ್ಬರ್ ಹೇಗೆ ಅವನು ನಮ್ಮ ನಮ್ಮ ದೇಶವನ್ನು ಇನ್ವೇಡ್ ಮಾಡಿದವನು ನಮ್ಮ ದೇಶದ ಮೇಲೆ ಆಕ್ರಮಣ ಮಾಡಿದವನು ಹೇಗೆ ಗ್ರೇಟ್ ಆಗಲಿಕ್ಕೆ ಸಾಧ್ಯ ಅಂತ ನನಗಿನ್ನೂ ಅರ್ಥ ಆಗಿಲ್ಲ ಆದರೆ ಈ ಥರದ ವಿಷಯವನ್ನು ಹೇಳಿ ಹೇಳಿ ನಮ್ಮ ಮಾನಸಿಕತೆಯನ್ನು ನಮ್ಮ ಆತ್ಮವಿಶ್ವಾಸವನ್ನು ಕುಗ್ಗಿಸುವಂಥ ಕೆಲಸ ಇಲ್ಲಿವರೆಗೂ ಮಾಡ್ಕೊಂಡು ಬಂದಿದ್ದಾರೆ ಇಂಥ ಸಂದರ್ಭದಲ್ಲಿ ನಮ್ಮ ಫಿಲಾಸಫಿ ನಮ್ಗೆ ಗಟ್ಟಿಯಾಗಿರೋದ್ರಿಂದ ಮಾತ್ರ ನಾವು ಇನ್ನೂ ಕೂಡ ಸಂಘರ್ಷವನ್ನು ಕಾಪಾಡಿಕೊಂಡು ಹಿಂದೂ ಸಮಾಜ ಇದನ್ನು ಮುಂದಿನ ಪೀಳಿಗೆಗೆ ಕೊಡುವಂಥ ಕೆಲಸವನ್ನು ನಿರಂತರವಾಗಿ ಮಾಡ್ಕೊಂಡು ಬಂದಿದೆ ಹಿಂದೆ ರಾಜರು ಮಹಾರಾಜರ ಕಾಲದಲ್ಲಿ ಯುದ್ಧ ಮಾಡ್ತಾಯಿದ್ರು ಯುದ್ಧ ಮಾಡಿದ್ರೆ ನಡ್ಕೊಂಡು ಹೋಗಿ ಯುದ್ಧ ಮಾಡೋರು ಆನೆ ಮೇಲೆ ಹೋಗಿ ಯುದ್ಧ ಮಾಡೋರು ಒಂಟೆ ಮೇಲೆ ಹೋಗಿ ಯುದ್ಧ ಮಾಡೋರು ಕುದುರೆ ಮೇಲೆ ಹೋಗಿ ಯುದ್ಧ ಮಾಡೋರು ಇದನ್ನೆಲ್ಲ ಕಾಲಮ್ಸ್ ಅಂತ ಕರೀತಾರೆ ಇದೆಲ್ಲಿ ಇದರಲ್ಲಿ ವೈರಿ ಯಾರು ಅಂತ ನಮ್ಮ ಕಣ್ಮುಂದೆ ಕಾಣ್ತಾ ಇದೆ ಅವರು ಅವರ ಮುಂದೆ ನಾವು ಯುದ್ಧ ಮಾಡ್ತಾ ಇದ್ದೀವಿ ಆದರೆ ಈಗೊಂದು ಫಿಫ್ತ್ ಕಾಲಮ್ ಒಂದಿದೆ ಅದೇನಪ್ಪ ಅಂತ ಹೇಳಿದ್ರೆ ನಮಗೆ ವೈರಿ ಕಣ್ಮುಂದೆ ಕಾಣ್ತಾ ಇಲ್ಲ ಆದರೆ ನಾವು ಯುದ್ಧ ನಿರಂತರವಾಗಿ ಮಾಡ್ಕೋಬೇ ಮಾಡ್ತಾ ಬರಬೇಕಾಗಿದೆ ಅದೇನಪ್ಪ ಅಂದರೆ ಮತಾಂತರ ಭಯೋತ್ಪಾದನೆ ಲವ್ ಜಿಹಾದ್ ಏನು ಬೇಕಾರಾಗಿರ್ಬೋದು ಇನ್ನೂ ನಡೀತಾನೇ ಇದೆ ಯುದ್ಧಗಳು ಆದರೆ ನಾವು ಅದಕ್ಕೆಲ್ಲ ಎಚ್ಚರಿಕೆಯನ್ನು ವಹಿಸ್ಕೊಳ್ಬೇಕು ಅಂತ ಹೇಳಿದ್ರೆ ನಮ್ಮ ಇತಿಹಾಸ ನಿಜವಾದ ಇತಿಹಾಸದ ಬಗ್ಗೆ ನಮಗೆ ಆತ್ಮವಿಶ್ವಾಸ ಹೆಗ್ಗಳಿಕೆಯನ್ನು ತಂದುಕೊಡುವಂಥ ವಿಷಯಗಳನ್ನು ನಾವು ಜಾಸ್ತಿ ತಿಳ್ಕೊಳ್ಬೇಕಾಗಿದೆ ಅಂಥ ಒಂದು ಸಂದರ್ಭದಲ್ಲಿ ನಾವು ಇರುವಾಗ ಈ ಮನುಷ್ಯವರು ಇಂತಹ ಒಂದು ಪುಸ್ತಕವನ್ನು ಬರೆದು ನಾವು ಕೃತಾರ್ಥರಾಗಿದ್ದೇವೆ ಅವರಿಗೆ ಯಾಕೆಂತಂದರೆ ಇಂಥ ವಿಷಯವನ್ನು ಜಾಸ್ತಿ ಜಾಸ್ತಿ ಜನರಿಗೆ ತಿಳಿಸೋದ್ರಿಂದ ಜನರಿಗೆ ಆತ್ಮವಿಶ್ವಾಸ ನಮ್ಮ ದೇಶದ ಬಗ್ಗೆ ಗೌರವ ನಮ್ಮ ಸಂಸ್ಕೃತಿ ಬಗ್ಗೆ ಗೌರವ ಅದನ್ನು ಉಳಿಸಿ ಬೆಳೆಸಿ ಮುಂದಿನ ಪೀಳಿಗೆ ಕೊಡುವಂಥ ಜವಾಬ್ದಾರಿ ಎಲ್ಲರಿಗೂ ಬರುತ್ತೆ ಅನ್ನೋದು ನನ್ನ ನಂಬಿಕೆ ಅದಕ್ಕೋಸ್ಕರ ಇವತ್ತಿನ ದಿವಸ ಈ ಕಾರ್ಯಕ್ರಮ ಸಣ್ಣ ಪ್ರಮಾಣದಲ್ಲಿ ಕಮ್ಮಿ ಜನ ಇದ್ದರೂ ಕೂಡ ಇದಕ್ಕೆ ಒಂದು ಮಹತ್ವವನ್ನು ತಂದುಕೊಟ್ಟಿದೆ ಅದರಿಂದ ನಮ್ಮ ಫಿಲಾಸಫಿ ಬಗ್ಗೆ ನಾವು ಎಚ್ಚರಿಕೆಯನ್ನು ವಹಿಸಬೇಕು ನಂಬಿಕೆಯನ್ನು ಇಟ್ಕೊಳ್ಬೇಕು ಏನಿದು ಏನೇನೋ ನೂರಾರು ದೇವರುಗಳಿದೆ ಯಾರನ್ನು ನಾವು ಪೂಜೆ ಮಾಡೋದು ಈ ಥರ ಎಲ್ಲ ಕೇಳುವಂಥವ್ರು ಏನೇನೋ ಇದ್ದಾರೆ ಆದರೆ ನಮ್ಮ ಬೇಸಿಕ್ ಪ್ರಿನ್ಸಿಪಲ್ ಏನಪ್ಪ ಅಂದರೆ ನಾಲ್ಕು ಅಂಶ ಇದನ್ನು ನಾವು ಚೆನ್ನಾಗಿ ತಿಳ್ಕೋಬೇಕು ಇದ್ರ ಬಗ್ಗೆ ನಾವು ಯಾವಾಗಲೂ ಎಚ್ಚರಿಕೆಯನ್ನು ವಹಿಸಬೇಕು ಯಾಕೆಂತಂದರೆ ನಾವು ಮೊದಲು ವ್ಯಕ್ತಿ ವಿಕಾಸ ಆಗಬೇಕು ಅಂತ ಹೇಳ್ತೀವಿ ಅದಕ್ಕೋಸ್ಕರ ನಾವು ಶ್ರಮಿಸ್ತೀವಿ ಅದಕ್ಕೋಸ್ಕರ ಯಮ ಇದೆ ನಿಯಮ ಇದೆ ಯೋಗ ಇದೆ ಆಸನಗಳು ಏನೇನೋ ಇದೆ ಅದನ್ನೆಲ್ಲ ಉಪಯೋಗಿಸ್ಕೊಂಡು ವ್ಯಕ್ತಿ ವಿಕಾಸ ಆಗಬೇಕು ಅದನ್ನ ವ್ಯಷ್ಟಿ ಅಂತ ಕರಿತೀವಿ ನಾವು ವ್ಯಕ್ತಿ ವಿಕಾಸ ಆದರೆ ಅದರಿಂದ ಏನು ಲಾಭ ಅಂತ ಕೇಳ್ತಾರೆ ವ್ಯಕ್ತಿ ವಿಕಾಸ ಆದರೆ ಅದರಿಂದ ಸಮಾಜ ವಿಕಾಸ ಆಗುತ್ತೆ ಅಂತ ಹೇಳಿ ಅದನ್ನ ಸಮಷ್ಟಿ ಅಂತ ಕರಿತೀವಿ ಅದಾದರೆ ಏನು ತಿರ್ಗಾ ಸಮಾಜ ವಿಕಾಸ ಆದರೆ ಏನು ಲಾಭ ಅಂತ ತಿರ್ಗಾ ಕೇಳ್ಬೋದು ಅದಕ್ಕೆ ಹೇಳ್ತಾರೆ ಸೃಷ್ಟಿ ಅಂತ ಹೇಳ್ತಾರೆ ಅಂದರೆ ಪ್ರಾಣಿ ಪಕ್ಷಿ ಮರ ಗಿಡ ಅದ ವಾಸ್ಟ್ ಎಕ್ಸ್ಪ್ಯಾನ್ಸ್ ಅಂತ ಏನು ಹೇಳ್ತೀವಿ ಅದೆಲ್ಲವೂ ವಿಕಾಸ ಆಗುತ್ತೆ ಅಂತ ಹೇಳಿ ಅರ್ಥ ಅದರಿಂದ ಏನು ಲಾಭ ತಿರ್ಗಾ ಕೇಳಿದರೆ ಪರಮೇಷ್ಟಿ ಅಂತ ಹೇಳ್ತೀವಿ ಅಂದರೆ ಪರಮ ತತ್ವವನ್ನು ನಾವು ಅರ್ಥಕೊಳ್ಳಿಕ್ಕೆ ಅರ್ಹರಾಗ್ತೀವಿ ಅದಕ್ಕೆ ನಾವು ಅಣಿಯಾಗ್ತೀವಿ ಅದನ್ನು ಆ ಯೋಗ್ಯತೆಯನ್ನು ನಾವು ಪಡ್ಕೊಳ್ತೀವಿ ಇದೇ ನಿಜವಾದ ನಮ್ಮ ಜೀವನದ
ಪರಿಸರ ಇರೋದೇ ನನಗೋಸ್ಕರ ಸಮಾಜ ಇರೋದೇ ನನಗೋಸ್ಕರ ಅಂತ ಹೇಳಿ ಶೋಷಣೆಯನ್ನು ಮಾಡ್ತಾರೆ ಅದರಿಂದಾಗಿ ಅದು ಕಾನ್ಸಂಟ್ರಿಕ್ ಸರ್ಕಲ್ ಅಂತ ಆಗುತ್ತೆ ವ್ಯಕ್ತಿ ಮಧ್ಯ ಇರ್ತಾನೆ ಅವನ ಸುತ್ತ ಸಮಾಜ ಇದೆ ಸುತ್ತ ಪರಿಸರ ಇದೆ ಎಲ್ಲವೂ ನನಗೆ ಅಂತ ಅವನು ಭಾವಿಸ್ತಾನೆ ಅದಾಗಬಾರ್ದು ಸ್ಪೈರಲ್ ಆಗಬೇಕು ಅದಕ್ಕೋಸ್ಕರ ನಾವು ವಸುದೈವ ಕುಟುಂಬಕ್ಕೆ ಅಂತ ಹೇಳೋದು ಈ ಒಂದು ಭಾವನೆಯನ್ನು ತಂದುಕೊಡುವಂಥ ಒಂದು ಕಡೆ ಇನ್ನೊಂದು ಕಡೆ ನಮ್ಮ ಮೇಲೆ ಆಗುವಂಥ ಆನ್ಸ್ಲಾಟ್ ಇವೆರಡನ್ನೂ ನಾವು ಮೆಟ್ಟಿ ನಿಂತು ನಾವು ಸಮಾಜಕ್ಕೆ ನಮ್ಮ ಒಂದು ಇದನ್ನು ಕೊಡಬೇಕು ಅಂಥ ರೀತಿಯಲ್ಲಿ ಈ ಪುಸ್ತಕ ಬರೆದಿದೆ ಈ ಪುಸ್ತಕ ಸಾಕಷ್ಟು ಎಲ್ಲರಿಗೂ ಹರ್ಷವನ್ನು ತಂದಿದೆ ಇನ್ನು ಈ ಪುಸ್ತಕವನ್ನು ಬರೆದಂತಹ ನಮೋಷಿಯವರಿಗೆ ಭಗವಂತ ಹೆಚ್ಚೆಚ್ಚು ಈ ಥರದ ಪುಸ್ತಕ ಬರೆಯೋದಕ್ಕೆ ಪ್ರೇರಣೆಯನ್ನು ಕೊಡಲಿ ಅವರ ಆಯುಸ್ ಆರೋಗ್ಯ ಎಲ್ಲ ಚೆನ್ನಾಗಿರಲಿ ಅವರು ಸಮಾಜಕ್ಕೆ ಇನ್ನೂ ಕೊಡುಗೆಯನ್ನು ಕೊಡುವಂತಾಗಲಿ ಅಂತ ಹೇಳ್ತಾ ಇಷ್ಟು ಮಾತಾಡೋದಕ್ಕೆ ನನಗೆ ಅವಕಾಶ ಕೊಟ್ಟಿದ್ದಕ್ಕೆ ಎಲ್ಲರಿಗೂ ನಮಸ್ಕಾರವನ್ನು ತಿಳಿಸ್ತಾ ನಾನು ಮಾತನ್ನು ಮುಗಿಸ್ತೀನಿ ನಮಸ್ಕಾರ ಶ್ರೀಪತಿಜಿ ಯು ಹ್ಯಾವ್ ವೆರಿ ಬ್ಯೂಟಿಫುಲಿ ಎಕ್ಸ್ಪ್ಲೇನ್ ತ್ರೀ ಕ್ಯಾಟಗರೀಸ್ ಆಫ್ ಪೀಪಲ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಹೌ ವಿ ಬಿಲಾಂಗ್ ಟು ದ ಥರ್ಡ್ ಕ್ಯಾಟಗರಿ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಹೌ ಇಂಡಿಯನ್ಸ್ ಬಿಲೀವ್ ಇನ್ in instead of i believe in v and you have beautifully explained thank you very much sir and now i call upon shri chaya nanjapa shrimati chaya nanjipa to talk a few words shivaram ji shripati anna manushi ji padmavati ji nitin ji ashok ji i can and amma whom i respect a lot she is there too and manoj ji i can see him there so it is uh, in fact after you heard people whom i really look up to and inspire after you heard them speak i don't think i would like it is uh, good on my part to take your time because uh, i think all of us should uh, give more time for manoshi ji uh, on her journey and the experiences that she had the challenges to come up with a book like this and from my part all i can say is that it is people like her who are letting the world know how our history books have distorted facts to make heroes out of villains i think it is time we be extremely proud of what we are i'm talking of i heard shripati anna i come with a rashtriya swayamsevak background when shripati anna spoke now and he said of sanatana dharma i can say one aspect wherever you are i think we can also contribute in a small way and change perceptions we assume and presume that we may not be able to do that i will not agree on it as a speaker at the south asian women development forum in turkmenistan i agreed to go there because my dharma says vasudeva kutumbakam it preaches on that that the world is a family i went to turkmenistan to inspire women from afghanistan and speak to them on entrepreneurship what i did before i started my talk 
I said to them at Reka Regional Economic Affairs of Afghanistan, where you have all the people from the Islamic countries, I said, I am here because my dharma has taught me on Vasudeva Kutumbakam. They were stunned. But I think each one of us, somewhere or the other, can change perceptions. Today, as I travel wherever the I mean, places I, I am, I'm also a, a resource person for a few organizations. When I go there and speak, and when they say about my social entrepreneurship, I say, you see, if you find good qualities in me, well, I owe it to the Rashtriya Swayam Sevak Sangh, where you have wrong notions about the organization. Similarly, our dharma has been taken for a ride because we were ruled by people and later by parties who distorted facts. Here, we need to thank enormously Manoshi Ji. She's a friend of mine. Today, social media, we need to really be thankful to social media. Again, it depends on how you utilize it. Many of them today, they have become more closer than a blood connection could be. I think similar thinking can make families. And this is what we have become. And that's how I've got very dear friends like Manoshi and many from across the globe. Here with wishing her the very best in all her endeavors and hoping that she will inspire people like us to take such things forward and contribute back to our dharma. And today we amidst a materialistic world, I should also tell you, she quit her high-profile corporate career to give back to our dharma. I think we should also look beyond the, this world which is currently exists where we are more into, uh, you know, competing for all the wrong reasons and find real inner happiness too. Thanks a lot. It's been such a pleasure being amidst you all. Namaste. Thank you, Achaya Ji. You have uh, very beautifully put that wherever we are, whatever we are, we can do our bit to the society for our dharma. Thank you. Uh, now I would request uh, Manushi Ji to take up the dais and give your presentation. We'll all move down. Yeah. Thank you. Professor Sivaram Mallavali ji, respected uh, Sri Pati ji, uh, my dear Chaya Nanjappa ji, Nithin Sridhar ji, Padmavati ji, Ashok ji, uh, Rajappa ji, and uh, my family of uh, dharmic warriors here, and my fellow Bharat Vasis. I am so privileged to, uh, like I stayed at uh, Chayaji's place, I am her guest in Mysuru. I felt honored and privileged to meet uh, uh, around 30 dharmic warriors who have been selflessly working for the cause of our dharma since several years. And uh, the bonding that uh, all the warriors like the bonding is more than a family. It's more than a blood relations family bonding. So like it uh, inspired me, motivated me. And I would be looking forward towards such connections in the future so that collectively we can uh, work further 
for our dharma. I would like to thank uh, Indic Academy, my mentor Sri Harikiran Badlamaniji, for uh, providing me an opportunity to present a talk on uh, saffron swords in this ancient city of Bharat. The antiquity of Mysuru dates back to thousands of years. It is at this place that Devi Shakti slayed Mahisasura. And this was the place that several dynasties ruled as a part of their kingdom, right from the Cholas, Gangas, Hoysalas, and uh, the latest by the Wadiyars. When we speak about the Cholas, their timeline, their dating dates back to the Vedic period. The early Cholas, they ruled, they flourished since the Vedic period. And the later Cholas, Later Cholas ruled from 7th century BCE to 6th century CE. The Ganga dynasty ruled from 6th century BCE to 11th century CE. The Hoysalas ruled from 4th century CE to 7th century. And the later Hoysalas also ex extended uh, their empire and they ruled up to the 15th century. And the warriors were the contemporaries of the Vijayanagara Empire. But these historical datings, you will not come across these historical dates in our history books. Uh, there is a difference of around 300 to 1500 years. Uh, the, there is, I, wa I would like to introduce uh, you to a scholar named Sri Vedvir Arya. He has been extensively working and uh, researching on the chronolog chronological dates of our country. So uh, some three years ago, his book, uh, The Chronology of Ancient India, was released by uh, Sri Venkayan Aidoji. And uh, he ha has been working on the chrono chronological history of every state. And uh, this book will be released uh, very soon, by next year. So according to uh, his um, book, I have quoted the historical dates. And uh, these datings are based on uh, uh, archaeological evidences, epigraphical evidences, inscriptions, literary evidences, Puranas, and several other sources. So when we uh, speak about historical distortions, uh, if you have a look at uh, Wikipedia and search for the Vedic era, you'll come across 1500 BCE to 600 BCE as the Vedic era. If the Vedic era started in 1500 BCE, then when did the Ramayana happen? When did the Mahabharata happen? Because the Ramayana and the Mahabharata took place after the Vedic period. So according to uh, the biblical theory, the creation started at 4004 BCE. So the Western historians, they imposed the historical dates of the world, including Indian historical dates, according to that particular theory. So 4004 BC is the start of creation, and then uh, accordingly they have set the dates. For them, the Ramayana and the Mahabharata are mythology. Uh, these two epics are not history, according to them. So accordingly, after the Vedic period, they have uh, given the datings of the Mauryas and uh, the Guptas and all. 
according to our history books uh, the the maurya according to distorted historical records the mauryan period starts from around 300 bce but according to our own inscriptional records according to our own literary evidences the mauryan period start flourished around 1600 bce that is 300 600 e 3600 years ago and then uh, according to our distorted historical dates the gupta period started uh, flourished in between 4th century to 6th century ce but according to our own uh, archaeological evidences and uh, epigraphical records the guptas flourished in uh, during uh, 365 bce starting from 365 bce so you can well see a difference of around 300 to 1600 years and it is such a pity and it is very unfortunate that what the colonial masters imposed the historical dates upon us and we are still following that even after 72 plus years of independence so it is time that we rewrite not only our uh, history but also the hist- chronological dates uh for i Uh, start i would like to ask uh, a few questions about our warrior ancestors so have you heard about raja nagbhat one i would uh, like to request you to please raise your hand if you have heard his name raja nagbhat one have you heard about commander kuili she is from the southern part of this country she was uh, she was a freedom fighter have you heard about raja prithu have you heard about chain singh kuwar chain singh have you heard about rani naiki devi have you heard about raja suhal dev uh, two for suhal dev Have you heard about Rani Karnavati? Four uh, of our uh, the distant descendants of our warrior ancestors have uh, raised their hands for Karnavati, and two for Suhaldev. So uh, around 90, it is such a, a shame for us that 99% of us do not know anything about our warrior ancestors, our warrior ancestors who saved our civilization. but if i ask you about who mohammad ghori is who babar is who qutbuddin aibat is who akbar is who aladdin khilji is who aurangzeb is who robert clive is who lord curzon is there are, there are uncountable num- uncountable number of our looters and plunderers if you ask them even if you ask them about the chronology of the mughal rulers they will be able to tell in detail and they will able to describe in detail about the rulers isn't it a shame for us and isn't it very unfortunate that we do not know anything about our warrior ancestors so why should we feel proud of our warrior ancestors and why should we celebrate their glory see we represent a civilization that dates back to thousands of years several thousands of years like i want to uh, give a few examples regarding this uh, the vedic era according to few literary evidences the vedic era dates uh, back to say uh, at least 15000 bce 
And according to our own uh, one Indic Academy member, uh, he is uh, Nilesh Nilkant Oak. He has given the dating of the Mahabharata war as some 7,500 years ago. So there have been many researches about the Mahabharata, some 200 plus researches done by scholars. And according to that, the Mahabharata war took place some uh, 5,000 years to 7,500 years ago. But according to Nilesh Nilkant Okji, uh, who studied the Mahabharata text in detail, and according to 200 plus astronomical calculations from the Mahabharata, he uh, came to the conclusion that it took place some 7,500 years ago. And before that, the Ramayana took place. So the Vedic era is at least 15,000 years BC, the date line. And uh, then uh, yesterday at uh, our gathering, I told about the painting of uh, Nataraja at, at the Bhimbetka Caves. So the, at uh, Rock Shelter number 10 and the Bhimbetka Caves premise, uh, uh, there is a painting of Nataraja. The painting has started to fade and that painting dates back to the Mesolithic era. And the Mesolithic era dates back to around 20,000 years ago. That means 20,000 years ago, our people celebrated Mahadeva. And where is this 4004 BCE theory as the start of creation? And where we have archaeological proofs that um, uh, people in India worshipped Nataraja some 20,000 years ago. And the paintings and the evidences of uh, human habitation uh, in the Bhimbetka Caves premise dates back to uh, from uh, 10,000 years to 1 lakh years. And the Bhimbetka Caves spreads across 10 kilometers and uh, there are around 750 rock shelters. So we represent uh, a civilization that, date, that dates back to thousands of years. But why did I not uh, focus more on our ancient history and why only on uh, our history from, nine, from the 8th century to 1947? Because during this period, we have been invaded, we have been looted, we have been uh, plundered. Uh, the uh, invaders and looters, they uh, tried to destroy our culture. They uh, committed genocide. Lakhs and lakhs of our Hindus were, Sanatanis were, executed by the plunderers. So despite 1,300 years of uh, plunder, invasion, and torture, and barbarism, we, at present, still represent nearly 80% of the population of this country. Isn't that a living proof that our warrior ancestors saved our civilization because of whom we are here today? So during that, those three, 1,300 years, they fought against the plunderers, Islamic plunderers, and the, then later the British. They won victories, they, they won battles, and they fought till their last breath. And during their period, they carried forward that legacy of our thousands of years old civilizational identity. And today, we, together, we are carrying forward that very legacy of our thousands of years old civilizational identity. So isn't that a living proof that because of them we are here today? So, we should be proud of our warrior ancestors. They saved our great-great-great-grandparents because of whom we are here today. So, it is a sad truth 
that our history books do not glorify the warriors of the soil. We have been projected as losers, as defeated, which is false. And only the looters and plunderers and the invaders have been glorified throughout in our history textbooks. So I would, to, I would like to quote a few more names. Uh, all of these names, there are 52 warriors uh, portrayed in uh, saffron swords. So Nagbhatwan, Suhaldev, Raja Prithu, I've already told. Have you heard about Mula Gabharu? I'd like to tell a little bit about her because she was not a warrior. She was not neither a commander nor a ruler. She was the wife of a Ahum commander. So during a, a war between uh, the uh, Bengal Sultanate led by Turbak Khan, he was an Afghan, and uh, the Ahum army, the, it, the battle continued for some 40 days. Initially, the Ahum lost, but later on they won. And one of the uh, inspirations behind the Ahum winning the battle was Mula Gabharu. So her husband, some Barguhai, he was martyred in the battlefield. So when he was martyred, the Ahum commander was martyred, the Ahum army, they were demoralized. They started moving away from the battlefield. And uh, as soon as Mula Gaburu, the wife of the commander, heard this news, she rode a horse with, with swords in both her hands. She rushed towards the battlefield like Goddess Durga. And she started butchering the um, she rushed towards the battlefield like Goddess Durga. And she started butchering the um, soldiers, the Islamic soldiers, one after one. And she killed many soldiers. And she butchered two Afghan lieutenants of that enemy. And then she attained martyrdom. Turbak Khan somehow managed to kill her. But seeing her courage, because she was not... Uh, uh, trained to be uh, fighting in the battlefield. But seeing, seeing her courage, the army got new strength and they fought. And the, for several days, the battle continued and ultimately the Ahum army won. So this is such a glorious chapter in our in, in Indian history. But no one knows who Mullah Gabharu is. Then uh, Raja Narasimha Deva. Uh, he was from Orissa. He built the famous Connacht Sun Temple. He uh, built this temple after winning three victories against the Islamic plunderers. But again, we do not know anything about this warrior from Orissa. Then Rampiari Gurjar. She is one of my most uh, favorite uh, heroines. Uh, all of you know about Tamur. On his onward um, loot and plunder towards uh, Delhi, he uh, looted wealth worth uh, trillions of, uh, uh, of amount, and he executed uh, many Hindus. He raped our uh, mothers and sisters, and he took around one lakh captives by the time he reached Delhi. As soon as he reached Delhi, he executed all the one lakh Hindus. And it is said by the Muslim historians that out of the heads of the Hindu uh, uh, peoples executed a uh, mountain, the hill was created. So hearing about this barbarism of Tamur, 
the other Hindus were alerted. They held a meeting. And under the commandment of uh, Mahavali Jograj Singh Gurjar, 80,000 people, only some 10% of the, them were uh, soldiers, rest of them were common people. They all united for a cause, to defeat Taimur, to offer resistance. And there was a women wing, which had uh, around 40,000 women. And this women wing was commandeered by Rampiari Gurjar. She was only 20 years old then. And uh, look at the patriotism of the women then. The, that thought, like, instead of being raped and taken captives by Tamur, let us fight and die in the battlefield. So, in the uh, battles that followed, there three battles took place between Tamur and the Hindu forces, and all the three battles, Tamur was defeated. So he came up with more than a lakh soldiers. And in the last battle that took place in Haridwar, he was so badly wounded that he somehow escaped. And there were some only two to 3,000 to 5,000 soldiers left with him. And rest of the Islamic army were slaughtered. They were killed by our Hindu army. Even some 40,000 of our Hindu army were martyred in this battle. So that is again a very glorious chapter in our history books. And uh, it is our every right to know about uh, Rampiari Gurjar. Then Hemchandra Vikramaditya. The, he's also, uh, he was also known as Hemu. He ruled Delhi for one month. He, uh, then Akbar was the mi minor. He was under... Uh, uh, Bairam Khan was the regent, uh, guardian of Akbar then. He was defeated in the second uh, battle of Panipat. He was almost winning the battle. But suddenly a stray arrow hit his eye. And he fell. And the Hindu army thought that uh, our king, uh, he fell and he will be taken captive. So they all fled from the battlefield. Otherwise, the, the history would have been different today. Then Rana Hamir Singh, uh, Kapaya Nayaka, Kapaya Nayaka. He is also from the south. Uh, there are four inscriptional records about Kapaya Nayaka. Uh, winning a battle against the Turkish and re-establishing Hindu supremacy in Warangal. He also helped uh, other uh, kingdoms regain back their, kingdom, uh, regain back their uh, kingdoms from the Islamic plunderers. Banda Singh, Banda Singh Bahadur. He was inspired by Guru Govind Singh Ji and he won 17 battles against the Islamic uh, plunderers and he regained Punjab from the Islamic rulers. Baji Prabhu Deshpande, the Maratha general. Yeah. Uh, most of you must have uh, seen the movie 300. 300, yeah, about the Spartans. Like this uh, movie has immortalized the Spartans. Uh, so we have uh, similar uh, examples of uh, valor in our own history, Indian history. Uh, one is Baji Prabhu Deshpande. He, he, along with, uh, he led an army of only 300 soldiers, Maratha army, against a 12,000 Adil Shahi army. And the battle took place throughout the day in a pass, in a mountain pass. And uh, by engaging uh, the whole day with the uh, Adil Shahi army, he facilitated Shivaji to escape from there. So, and then... Uh, Rani Karnavati, 
Rana Sangha, then Tongkham Barpatra Gohai, Kelari Chenamma, she's from Karnataka only. Then Nike Devi, Roy Pulyani. Roy Pulyani is also one of my most favorite heroines. She was 84 years old when she encountered uh, uh, against the British. And she was the ruler of a small kingdom in Mizoram. And uh, like she, as long as she was alive, she did not uh, accept the supremacy of the British and said she did not pay any tax to the British. Though her neighboring kingdoms paid, she was the only one during the time that who did not pay taxes to the British. And for that, uh, the British, they surrounded her kingdom and she declared war against the British. And before the war was to took place, the British, they deceived him and that uh, in the middle of the night, they came, attacked her and took her prisoner. And then she was taken to a uh, prison in Dhaka, Bangladesh then. And after one year, she died. Then Pasalta Khongchera, Pawana Brajabashi. Pawana Brajabashi also uh, commandeered an army of 300 against uh, some uh, thousands of British soldiers in Manipur. Shanti Ghosh. She was only 16 years old when she shot at a British governor and it made news headlines. And uh, the Britain also. At the age of 16, we can well imagine the level of patriotism and the minds of our own fellow Bharatiyas during that time. So there are three perspectives uh, on Indian history, especially when we speak about uh, uh, history of India from the 8th century till 1947. Then uh, number one is chronicling about the local warriors of the soil. Number two, chronicling about the invaders, because truth should prevail. Number three, chronicling about the atrocities the invaders and looters committed on the local population, on the heritage, etc. Because the invaders, they uh, not only looted the wealth of India, they also destroyed our heritage structures, they destroyed many forts and fortresses, they destroyed uh, thousands of temples, and they broke the idols, they looted the precious stones that were studded on the idols, they raped our mothers and sisters and daughters, and they took many women to their homeland as sex slaves, and the level of atrocities they committed. Like I want to give one example of uh, Sultan Mahmud of Ghajni. There are many more examples, just one example uh, from Sultan Mahmud of Ghajni. Uh, during one of his expeditions, he looted such vast wealth that he turned Ghajni into a golden empire. Ghajni was then a poor, like a, it was a poor city, and with the wealth looted from India, it looked like an Indian city, because every home then had at least three to four Indian slaves. And uh, with the wealth looted, they built uh, palaces and um, uh, structures that resembled India. So anyone who visited Ghazni during that time thought that they visited some Indian city. So this is just one example. So you can well imagine the amount of wealth looted by several planters over time from the 8th century till uh, um, Aurangzeb and later by the British. 
But uh, what do we read in our history books? Only one perspective has been covered. The rest of the two perspectives have been ignored. And that perspective covered is only the invaders, looters, and plunderers are glorified in the history textbooks. Why did the historians ignore the two perspectives? To show that the invaders are superior, to show the invaders ruled whole of India, but in reality they ruled only parts of India. To show our warrior ancestors were cowards, so we do not draw inspiration from them. To show our ancestors did nothing to save our civilization. Because at times when I post on social media about the glory of our ancestors, they say this is fake. They did nothing to save our civilization. They lost everything. They were losers, they were cowards. But how do we counter them? Because these, uh, they have, uh, our uh, stories of defeat uh, have been imprinted in their minds since the childhood. Because it is compulsory to read history in uh, school textbooks. And school children are like clay. Their thoughts can be molded to a particular ideology by feeding them thoughts of that particular ideology. And anything, uh, any material, any text material that could lead to a nationalistic pride were ignored in the books. So, so to infuse in us a sense of inferiority complex, to show the invaders civilized us. And a lot many people say that the British civilized us. Like uh, Sir Sivramji also, Professor Sivramji also said, how, how they try to project India. Then to demean us and to drift us away from our roots, from our ancestry. To ensure that we don't take pride from our, our past, especially the last 1300 years. So it is to let every Bharatiya know about their, our warrior ancestors that I, along with my husband, uh, Sri Yogaditya Singh Rawal, wrote Saffron Swords, compiling st stories of valor, uh, stories of resistance, uh, the victories that our ancestors won, the, the uh, resistance they offered till their last breath. So these are compiled, and these stories of valor are about warriors from across the country, from each and every corner of Bharat. So this is the ancestral, historical chronicle of every Bharatiya. Uh, about the distortion of history, I have already... So I would like to describe a few uh, warriors. About uh, Nagbhat one. he was a Gurjar Pratihar king. He ruled uh, parts of northern India. And... Uh, for several years, the Arabs, they looted and plundered India that uh, defeated many Hindu kings. And then uh, the North Indian and South Indian rulers, then the Rashtrakutas were ruling in South India. The Rashtrakutas and more uh, North Indian and South Indian rulers, they united. And they fought against the Arabs in a final battle that took place uh, on the borders of Rajasthan. And this battle on the Hindu front was led by Nagbhat I. He was the Gurjar Pratihar king. And the Arabs were led by Emir Junaid, the governor of Sindh. And in this battle, the Arabs were so badly defeated that they never thought of conquering, invading India for the next 100 years, 100 plus years. And the Persian, one Persian historian has described like that the Arab forces were scattered like hay. 
So you can well imagine how badly defeated the Arab forces were. So the Islamic rule, it started somewhere around the 10th century, 11th century. It could have started from the 8th century had the uh, rulers from the north and the south not united and offered resistance. So we, we are also taught in our history books that our rulers did not unite. The Hindu kings and queens did not unite, but that is again wrongly projected. This is one example. And there are many more examples of unity amongst the rulers who fought unitedly and uh, won battles. Then this is about Kuili. Uh, do you know about Rani Veluna Chir? Yeah. She is the first queen in the history of India to win a battle against the British. And this is also a very important aspect in uh, history. But uh, this is not described in history textbooks. Now, how did she win this battle? Because of the sacrifice by Kuili. Kuili was the commander of the Haru uh, women army. So, uh, I want to tell a background story of uh, Kuili. Rani Velu Nachir, she ruled Sivaganga of Tamil Nadu. And during a battle between uh, combined uh, forces of the Nawab and uh, the British against uh, the ruler of Sivagangai, uh, the ruler of the Tamil kingdom, he was martyred. And uh, his queen, Velunachir, along with her six-year-old daughter, they fled from the kingdom because the British would capture them and they would execute them or they would put them up in prison. So they fled. Velunachir's only motive was to gather an army and then fight a war against the British later and regain back Sivagangai from the British. So it took eight years for her to gather an army, to gather a big army. And uh, she marched towards Sivagangai. She won two initial battles. But at the final battle at Sivagangai, she got the news that uh, the British had enough ammunition in the Raja Rajeshwari temple. And you and uh, the temples, they used to use the temples as storehouse of uh, ammunitions during those times. And the devotees were not allowed to worship. It was on Vijaya Dashami day that only women devotees were allowed to worship in the temple. And it was the year 1780. So they were camping uh, away from Sivagangai. They camped uh, away from Sivagangai, Velunachir along with her army. Kuili happened to notice few women devotees moving towards, walking towards Sivagangai. She asked them where they were heading to. And they said about uh, the Rajas, Rajas, Raja Rajaswari temple uh, and about the ammunitions stored there and that they were allowed to worship only on Vijayadashami day. And it was a Vijayadashami. Immediately, Kuili made a plan. They dressed, the women army, they dressed up as uh, simple devotees and they took uh, uh, weapons hidden under the saris under their dresses, and they entered the temple. The British, uh, they were uh, very clever. They could uh, detect that something was fishy. And they began shooting at the army of Velunachir. And Kuili, she rushed towards the place where the dia was lit. Dia to the of the deity was lit. And uh, there was a huge pot of ghee. She rushed there. By the time she rushed there, the British already shot her twice and she was badly injured. 
Yet she poured the ghee over herself. Taking the big beer, she rushed towards the ammunition store that, is that was located nearby. And as soon as she entered, she put the, lit the deer on herself and she burst in flames and the exploded. And all the ammunition stored there was destroyed. This was the sacrifice that Kuili gave for the freedom of the motherland. So this is a very, very inspiring story and it will inspire our women, but very sad to say again that we don't get to hear or read about such tales of valor in our history books. So this is about uh, Bhaktiar Khilji, it is uh, uh, in 1206 AD, uh, CE, and Raja Prithu. Raja Prithu was the ruler of Kamrupa. Uh, Kamrupa was known, today's Assam was known as Kamrupa and uh, most of the states were known together as Kamrupa. Again, this is a very glorious chapter in history. Uh, we all know who Bhaktiar Khilji was. We all know about Nalanda University. It is said Nalanda University was set up in around the fourth century BC by a Gupta king. But as I said a little earlier that the, our historical dates have been distorted by the West. And according to our own records, this Nalanda University dates back to around 200 to 300 BCE. So, and students from across the world, they came and studied here. So at the time when Bhaktiar Khilji uh, destroyed, attacked Nalanda University. There were 2,000 uh, teachers and 10,000 students. And there were three multi-story libraries. Uh, this uh, is according to Tibetan sources, according to Tibetan records, but because during those times, the Tibetans came and studied here, and they have written accounts about the university libraries in their own records. And uh, these three multi-story libraries accommodated lakhs of manuscripts. And Bhaktiar Khilji, he attacked the university, he killed, he executed all the teachers and students. Some, somehow few of them managed to escape. And he set fire to the three, all the multi-story libraries. According to an account by Minaja Siraj, a Persian historian, in his book, Tabakat-e-Nasiri, the libraries burned for more than three months. So you can well imagine the vast loss of our knowledge heritage. And uh, Judy Bakshiji, in one of his speeches, said, like, the Arthasastra is available in bits and parts. It is not available in, available, in, available in full. So maybe many such of our ancient texts were destroyed in the fire and Nalanda University. So he also destroyed uh, Vikram Shila University. And this university also experienced it, uh, saw a similar fate. And besides that, he looted wealth. He executed uh, the Hindus. He converted many... Um, Hindus to Islam by force, he raped many of our women and uh, many of our women, he took many of our women as sex slaves and what not he did, the list of atrocities he did upon the Indians and the heritage structures is uh, countless. So Raja Pithu, he defeated Bhaktiar Khilji. Now this is a very very important chapter in our history books but no one knows who Raja Prithu is. 
And do you know Raja Prithu was Raja Prithu wounded Bakhtiar Khilji so badly that after this failed expedition, Bakhtiar Khilji could no longer commit any plunders or loots or he could not commit any crimes that he did earlier. And in a few years he died, bedridden. So again, like uh, this is again very unfortunate that we do not know about him. Nike Devi. Again, uh, about Raja Prithu, when I uh, posted snippets uh, before the release of the book, I posted uh, short, short snippets with images about our uh, warrior ancestors in social media, especially on Facebook. Many of them, who Raja Prithu is, this is a fake story. She created this fake story and she tried to project uh, it among, amongst us. Then, I had, because I had to counter with evidences, because history is based on evidences and facts, then the Kanai Varasi rock inscription in Kamrupa has details, has uh, records about this victory by Prithu against Bhaktiar Khilji. So the inscription cannot be wrong. Even if the literary evidences, if they uh, counter and say that this is wrong, they, it cannot be wrong. Inscriptions cannot be wrong. Nike Devi. We all know about Mohammed Ghori and the 17 wars that took place between Mohammed Ghori and Prithviraj Chauhan. And in the 17th battle, Prithviraj Chauhan lost. Every time Mohammed Ghori was defeated, Prithviraj Chauhan used to forgive him because Hindu warriors always followed rules of dharma in warfare. If everyone, anyone, any of the uh, enemy asked for pardon, they easily pardoned. So uh, here is this uh, Chalukyan queen from Gujarat. She defeated Mohammed Ghori in battle. Uh, there is a long story behind this, uh, you can, uh, because if I continue telling her the, about completely in detail, then like it will go on for hours and hours. So I would like to request you to read about her and uh, Saffron Swords. So she defeated Mohammed Ghori, and Mohammed Ghori was so badly defeated that he never ever dared or thought of attacking Gujarat again. And he invaded other parts of India. Chen Singh. He was a Raj Kuvar from a kingdom called Narsinghar in the Malwa region of Madhya Pradesh. So he was the prince. Uh, we all know about the 1857 War of Independence. And before that also there were several uh, wars of independence and one of the most uh, notable wars was the War of 1824. Many rulers revolted against the British. And uh, the prince of Prince Chen Singh of Narsinghar, he along with uh, neighboring uh, princes and rulers, they uh, held a meeting and they decided to revolt against the British. The chief minister of Narsinghar, you see the traitors were there and traitors are there today too. The chief minister of Narsinghar, he lit the information of the British. Uh, British came to know about this and uh, Kuwar Chen Singh, he was also very clever. He, he kept spies 
like who leaked information uh, to the British and all, he came to know. Immediately he ordered the execution of the chief minister. And similarly, another minister also leaked information about the possible, uh, about the upcoming revolt to the British. He was executed too. And the families of the two uh, ministers approached the British. And the British only looked for such uh, opportunities to interfere into the affairs of the uh, rulers. And then the British, they, uh, at their camp in Sehor, it is a neighboring uh, place uh, of uh, Narsinghar, they summoned the king of Narsinghar. The king sent his son, Kuwar Chain Singh. Now Chain Singh, he did not go alone. He took along 50 Rajputs along with him, all armed. And uh, he had a pet dog called Sheru. We we'll all know about Chetak, Rana Pratap's Chetak. How he saved um, Rana Pratap's life. And here is this dog called Sheru. So he was there in front. Uh, the, the British um, uh, officer then was called Madoc. So when he approached uh, Madoc, Madoc was surprised to see him. Like he carried two swords on his waist. His waist was adorned with two swords. Then he asked uh, in curiosity, how come I have seen um, most of the soldiers or the coors and the rulers carrying only one sword? Why are you carrying two swords? Then he boldly replied, one sword is to cut the heads of traitors in this part of our motherland. And the next sword is to cut the heads of the British who try to interfere into the affairs of our kingdom. And he was taken aback because he did not expect such a reply, such a blunt reply. He immediately said, I want to see the sword that uh, is uh, meant for cutting the heads of the British officers, the British. He immediately took out the sword and gave it to him. Have a look. And uh, because he was embarrassed, Madoc was embarrassed and he wanted to take a revenge then and there only. And he was looking for an opportunity to strike with the sword, he, to strike Chen Singh. But even Chen Singh fixed his eyes on him so that he could not, could not strike. Then in a few seconds, Madoc again asked him, can I have a look at the other sword? Chen Singh replied, the waist of a warrior is of a warrior, of a Rajput warrior is never kept blank. It will always carry a sword. So I cannot give you the other sword. When he replied this, he tried to strike at him. By the time he picked up the sword and because he was about to, uh, Chen Singh was about to take out the sword, by that time, Sheru attacked him, tried to save his master. And he fell back and the sword fell on the ground. And then Sheru was after him and he fled from there. And he also alerted the other British soldiers stationed there to uh, fight against the 50 Rajputs led by Kuwar Chen Singh. And then the fierce battle started. And uh, there is a park at Sehor in Madhya Pradesh. And uh, it is samadhis of the warriors who were martyred in, uh, in that encounter. So the battle 
almost all the 50 soldiers were killed and uh, chain singh he reached the park fighting and he was also martyred and even sheru could injure so many british soldiers before he was martyred too so this is the story of chain singh it is such a valorous story and traitors about traitors we should draw examples from him there should be no place for traitors in the country they will ruin the country this is about raja suhaldev uh there are two very uh, famous dargahs in india one is the dargah of moinuddin chisti in ajmer we all know about this there is another dargah in baharaj and this dargah is dedicated to salar masood gazi salar masood he won the title of gazi because he was killed in the battlefield and this battle took place between him and a confederation of indian rulers again there is this is this uh, unity of indian rulers against uh, salar masood salar masood was the nephew of mahmud of ghazni when mahmud of ghazni destroyed our somnath temple in gujarat he was there with him so mahmud of ghazni he did not rule india but he kept his slaves here to rule bharat parts of the country which uh, he uh, plundered which he conquered so again i would not go back to the details the a fierce uh, battle was to take place in uh, baharaj that um, salar masood came to know about the strength of the hindu army because several kings united to fight against uh, salar masood so he hatched a plan Uh, like mathura was famous for cows uh, baharaj it was also famous for cows so he caught hold of uh, hundreds of cows so that he could use those cows in the battlefield the next day and uh, they planned like they will um, set the cows free set free the cows in the battlefield and because they will not uh, fight back they will not harm the cows and they will re- they will go back and once they uh, go back they will attack from the behind and then uh, uh, conquer that kingdom then shuhaldev came to know about this plan and just uh, some uh, one or two hours before the battle was to take place he set free all the cows and in the battle that ensued uh, shuhaldev won the battle and salar masood was killed he was killed by suhaldev again there is a lot of controversy regarding suhaldev because all of our secular historians the intellectuals they say that suhaldev is a mythical character he did not exist but two muslim records they prove that suhaldev did rule and there there uh, was a british archaeologist who in his uh, writings have described about suhaldevs and his predecessors so it has already been been proven but still our own historians that don't believe in the story of suhaldev then about rani karnavati she is also known as the nakkati rani 
she defeated uh, again i'll shorten it she defeated uh, sajahan's forces the sajahan's forces they, they wanted to annex garhwal into the mughal empire and uh, he sajahan sent a huge army the garhwali forces led by kandamati they defeated the mughal army and uh, they cut the noses of the surviving soldiers surviving mughal soldiers and that's why from that day onwards she was known as the nakati rani and sajan was so like uh, he was so taken aback that he never thought of sending his army again to garhwal so why so if i keep um, if i describe all of the tales of valor it will go on and on several two three days it will go on and on if i describe in detail so i now why the title of the book uh, saffron swords saffron symbolizes valor sacrifice saffron is the symbolizes the essence of our civilizational identity our thousands of years old civilizational identity saffron adorns our national flag saffron is also the color the the our and warrior ancestors and the, our warrior soldiers they applied tilak of saffron and uh, uh, fought against the islamic plunderers and the, again against the british in the battlefield shouting slogans of harar mahadev and uh, more slogans so th this is again when we speak about yagyas the rishis the yajnas they performed the color of a fire is again saffron so it is a part of our existence it is a part of our uh, civilizational identity but uh, many people uh, like they complained why this title of saffron and the book so when i i published uh, short short snippets of the warriors then uh, most of the readers they wrote in the comments while sharing they said ignore the word saffron and re and enjoy reading the historical snippet <laughs> so uh, saffron swords has been criticized very badly <laughs> they most uh, like many of them say that i am a paid agent of the bjp i have been paid profusely by the bjp to create fake history and to influence the present generation and uh, i have been also called as uh, bhakt now i thank uh, everyone who i thanked everyone who called me bhakt because i add a prefix to that desh bhakt vishnu bhakt shiva bhakt there are so many prefixes that you can add in the bhakt so we should all be proud and we should thank the people who tag us with this label <laughs> then uh, about the inspiration why i wrote this book and about um, our warrior ancestors the here comes uh, the sanskara the sanskara that we received since our childhood so we grew we are five uh, sisters and one brother we are six siblings we grew up listening to stories from the mahabharata ramayana and our other hindu scriptures and about the tales of valor of our warrior ancestors about our freedom fighters from our father he still narrates these stories here today every day 
whenever he is in the village, neighbors gather around him and he still narrates these stories. So we grew up listening to all these tales of valor. And then I started my... Uh, I would also like to tell about one incident. Some uh, 12 to 13 years back, I was approached by a few communists from Kolkata. They came with a set of books on Lenin and Marxism and on the ideologies of Marxism. And they tried to influence me over coffee for some two hours on the philosophy of Marxism. And they gave me an offer to write for them. You know how strong the leftist lobby is, the communist lobby is. And I felt like it is because uh, they, they used to approach uh, such uh, people who can uh, write for them and uh, in social media and all, uh, on uh, in web portals and all, in the form of articles, uh, in the newspapers. And they agreed, they told me they would pay handsomely. So during those times on freelance uh, work, I charged around uh, 30 paisa to 80 paisa per word, depending on the text that I got. Today it is uh, some three rupees to five rupees per word you get for quality content. During that time they offered me five rupees per word. And when I was not convinced, they gave me the set of books and they left, giving their phone numbers and names. And, and Then a few years back when I was um, cleaning the storeroom, I came across these books and I posted those books in, on social media as well. <laughs> I have a post on that. So I am also a convent educated. Now it is the sanskara that we receive since our childhood that makes, that keeps us connected to our roots. And no ideology can take us over if our sanskara is strong. So why read true, true history? Marcus Garvey, a Jamaican-born political leader and social activist, has rightly said, a people without the knowledge of their past history, origin, and culture is like a tree without roots. Now, we are like a tree without roots because we are denied history about our own roots in our history textbooks. We do not know anything about our ancient history, ancient heritage. We do not know anything about our ancestors. So we are like a tree without roots. So it is time, there is still time. Since the last 72 years, we have been fed with the uh, distorted historical facts. We have been uh, fed with information about our plunderers and looters. Now it is time we can uh, change that one-sided narrative. And it can happen with the efforts, with the collective efforts of uh, the common citizens of the country. We cannot wait for the government to do. Because uh, the, the government, will, if they try to change the history textbooks, it may take several years or it may not change also. We never know. So through these books or through by spreading awareness, now, uh, now I'm interacting with uh, you, then you can uh, narrate about this to 10 more people. They will narrate about this to 10 more people and this way we can spread awareness. And I would also like to appeal to ask uh, the people around you to buy the book Saffron Swords. So if it reaches one home, then it will educate 10 people at least. And those 10 people will again speak about uh, the glory of uh, our own ancestors to more people. And that way the message can spread. Because it is a collective effort. I single-handedly cannot do that. 
like uh, the RSS, the VHP, the Rashtriya Sevika Samiti, and uh, there are so many Hindu organizations who have been working selflessly, collectively, uh, for this cause. And I would like to seek their support as well for this. <laughs> so, research on saffron swords. Uh, this saffron swords is based on 11 years of, 10 plus years of research. I, along with my husband, Yogaditya Singh Rawal, we, have, we specially have a Mahindra Thar 4x4 Jeep with us. I and my husband used to drive in turns. We even drove 21 hours at a stretch and reached, we reached Maharashtra. And we take village roads so that we... And village roads have so many unknown examples, living examples, structural examples of history, forts and fortresses, temples, ancient and medieval era temples. So we used, we used to meet the local people whose ancestors uh, served the royal lineage. Then we used to collect uh, uh, the history from them. And we also listened to folklores, historical folklores. Then we used to read research papers and then uh, a lot of books by Britishers as well as uh, Persian Muslim historians, besides our own historians. Then we used to study inscriptions. There are many inscriptional records that also tell us about our warrior ancestors. So these are, based on all of this research, this book is based. And this is only the first volume. As long as we breathe, myself and my husband will continue our research and we'll, we shall continue to write about our warrior ancestors. So there will be many, many more volumes of saffron swords. And uh, I would not want to give my introduction again because uh, I have <laughs> Nathanji has told enough about me. So I would like to thank uh, everyone, all our dharmic warriors here and our fellow Bharat Basis to have uh, taken out precious time from their busy schedule to be here at this event. So I would like to thank everyone uh, for being here. Vande Mataram, Jai Hind. You have done a great service to the nation. Uh, I have two questions. I need your views on this. One is that we are a civilization of 5,000 years plus. So we would have had a great deal of wisdom. How is it that during those years, 1,000 years, we did not have the vision and wisdom to see the danger that was coming from the Islamic warriors, also subsequently from uh, the Christians and others who came from the Western world. That is uh, question number one. Uh, secondly, and uh, just add, uh, to add to the question number one, most of the time these Islamic warriors used our own people, Hindus, to fight against other Hindus. For example, Man Singh fought all the wars for Akbar. The uh, second question is that, while we say that today 85% of the population in India comprises of Hindus, the fact of the matter that we should not forget is that our ancestors still live in Pakistan and Bangladesh as converted Muslims. So that is about 35 crores there, 20 crores here, so 55 crores. In one sense, nearly 50% of uh, Hindus have been already converted to Muslims. So uh, what is your view on uh, how do we take care to ensure that we don't make such mistakes all over again. Just uh, one more point I want to add. Why I say that we should take care is because 
even all that you told is before 1947 but even in uh, the post independence 1990 20th of january 5 lakh hindus had to leave kashmir and come over to jammu and other places it is now 30 years they have not gone back to their place and we have we don't seem to have done anything to resurrect their citizenship thank you very much yeah. like uh, from the time of harshvardhana the warrior spirit uh, like every kingdom used to have a strong army and the boundaries as well as uh, the maintained a strong army the maintained a strong uh, infrastructure but after uh, harshvardhana it started to decline and the warrior spirit also started to decline only those kingdoms that uh, uh, had a strong army base and they upgraded their infrastructure they survived uh regarding this i would like to quote uh, radhim bhavasankari it is not there in the saffron swords that i have already researched on her to be included in the upcoming volume she radhim bhavasankari of bengal she was the ruler of a small kingdom in bengal even akbar did not inter- interfere into her sovereignty she was so powerful she recruited uh, her army at all the corners of her our kingdom and she made it compulsory that every Uh, there should be one person from every family that should be uh, recruited in the army she made it compulsory and because of that she uh, defeated the pathans thrice because of her strong army background and the upgraded infrastructure army in- military infrastructure and uh, likewise there were several kings who s- similarly they maintained uh, the army base as well as the infrastructure and regarding the warrior spirit as uh, i told you it started to decline again uh, hindu warriors always always followed rules of dharma in warfare they never pillaged land they um, always uh, uh, pardoned the enemy if they sought pardon and they never uh, destroyed heritage structures or enemy lands and they took care of the injured at the end of the whether the injured is from the enemy side and warfare took place that uh, in between morning and uh, evening and they followed all these rules of dharma but suddenly the muslim plunderers they followed exactly opposite the rules of dharma followed by the indian rulers so they were taken aback so they used to suddenly attack in the middle of the night and they used to follow certain plans of treachery and deceit like one example i told about raja suhaldev and then so even about prithviraj chauhan i told between the there were 17 battles between uh, prithviraj chauhan and uh, uh, mohammad ghori now had prithviraj chauhan been strict in not pardoning mohammad ghori then islamic rule would not have started in india it was because of the big defeat in that battle that islamic rule started firmly on the indian soil so because it was till still today we are following the rules of dharma we are following the idols of non violence of gandhi so we should rise and i would like to tell about sanatan shastra vidya it is a technique um, uh, warfare technique based on our ancient uh, warfare and it started from shiva parvati kali and uh, the only living guru of uh, this uh, tradition warfare tradition is guru nidarsing
Guru Nidhar Singh, he stays in uh, Germany and also in Canada. So he used to come once in every three months. There is a video in Srizan Foundation about uh, Guru Nidhar Singh. That there, the different warfare tactics uh, that uh, he teaches to his students. Even my husband is also a learner and practitioner of Sanatan Sastra Vidya. So if you are trained in Sanatan Sastra Vidya, even without arms, you can defend your family, you can defend your neighbors. I would like to request uh, the RSS, VHP, and um, all our Hindu organizations to adopt uh, such practices. They should train, because we should all get trained. You never know what ha will happen in the future. We might get attacked, and again, it will, the same history will repeat. So even we, use, using uh, very, we, without using the weapons that uh, uh, the soldiers use, we can defend ourselves. So I would like to give one example. Like soldiers in earlier times, they walked uh, hundreds of kilometers without getting fatigued. And they won battles and they came back. How could this happen? Because of the technique, Sanatan Satsra Vidya technique. And uh, I um, noticed this technique in, <laughs> on my husband once. Uh, uh, we were supposed to meet a family friend and because of the traffic we could not reach on time and they were about to leave, they already booked a Ola and while they were, they were at the gate at my sister's place we reached and he was driving and he just dropped me there and he went to park his car and the parking is quite far from there parking was quite far from there and he could not park somewhere nearby because it is a congested road and the Ola could wait only for five minutes. And before, in two minutes, he parked his car and he was there. Then I was surprised, how did this happen? Then he said, I applied the technique of Sanatan Sastra Vidya. So this was how soldiers walked hundreds of kilometers that they won and without getting fatigued and they won battles. So we should be alert, we should be ready, we should not follow we should, yeah, we should follow the rules of dharma, but we should also know how to protect our dharma, how to protect ourselves, how to defend ourselves when such uh, um, situations arise. And about traitors, there were traitors before, there are traitors today also. And about traitors, I told uh, one example about uh, chancing. If the traitors are killed then and there, then the problem would be solved then and there. The, but uh, our own people, they welcome the traitors, they welcome the traitors uh, earlier and they welcome, they're, they're welcomed even today also. There are so many examples. I hope I answered your... Uh... Yes, you have. Uh, just one point is that Muhammad Gaddafi of India Six, uh, six uh, European countries, their population is already around 20% and they are causing havoc there. So, yes, even Hindus are minor. We have to be careful about that also. Yes, yes. Because our productivity is uh, something like 1.5 or something like that uh, per, per uh, the population parents. Jihad. <laughs> and our population will uh, get outnumbered. Uh -huh. 
in another 50 years 60 years yes, or something yes. like that okay even today hindus are minority in eight states of india and soon uh, assam and bengal will follow then the hindus will be minority in 10 states th- very soon so in the, isn't this an alarming situation so we the common citizens should uh, rise and get ready to defend ourselves that is the thing <laughs> but social sorry social media is helping there is a renaissance happening amongst the bharatiyas because of social media since the last 5 years and because of social media i am connected to many of uh, our dharmic warriors here <sighs> but we should we should be working on the ground level just delivering lectures or just um, writing something on social media and all it we should also work on the ground level and there are so many of our organizations hindu organizations they should also come forward and help and i would like to quote another example about the sanatan sastra vidya uh, all of us know about uh, you must have seen a painting of rana pratap cutting behlol khan into two halves including his armor the horse and the person himself behlol khan how with this sword with just one strike he could do that that was again a technique of sanatan sastra vidya without using that technique no one could do that this is such a powerful vidya we because the guru nidarshing when he is an old person once he is gone then this vidya will not everyone has that uh, has uh, learned that vidya fully my husband is learning he is also a practitioner but he says he has to it will take years to learn so people in large numbers should learn but sadly there are only few people who are learning this technique and even those people who come to learn and this uh, vidya is delivered for free and those who come to learn they again uh, during the 2 hours of the session they will uh, check their mobiles and they will talk and on the mobile and then then just 10 minutes they will give to vidya and the rest they will just <laughs> so this is the mindset <laughs> so our mindset has to change Uh, thank you madam just uh, allow me to say one more thing huh. see the first coronation of a muslim king in kashmir took place in 17th century hmm. before that we had our ancestors the hmm. hindu ancestors for nearly 4000 years plus so it was all 100% hindu hmm. population uh-huh. till then and today it is 100% muslim population yes. so i think we have to learn some lessons out of that and we need to be careful yes 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 but we are not learning now <laughs> that is there should be thank you for this uh, wonderful book madam first of all i want to congratulate you another thing uh, uh, from the bottom of my heart uh, i thank you by quoting you as the saffron bakt instead of uh, shiv bhakta or vishnu bhakta <laughs> i quote you as a saffron bhakta thank you primarily. so much 
another thing i would uh, suggest you that uh, uh, if you open a whatsapp group of like minded people so are really patriots so it will be easier for you to collect the data and all on f- from different parts of india and all and uh, if you open a facebook uh, page like that uh, we have a uh, group on history indian history real truth on facebook we have over 1 lakh uh, members okay the all um, there are many archaeological historical researches and uh, events are shared in that platform indian history real truth this was started by a person called ravi kumar pillai okay he has also researched a lot on uh, uh, our history and uh, shri vedvir arya whom i quoted who has been researching on our chronological aspect of uh, history he is also one of the admins in that group and uh, if you join the group and you will come across lot of information okay. about our heritage and history and also one thing uh, another server speaking about uh, how hinduism is uh, uh, exist in all the existed in all parts of uh, yes, planet yes. so in regard uh, with that uh, i want to tell something madam due to continental drift uh, the whole part of uh, which was uh, one region in this planet uh, due to continental drift uh, it uh, uh, actually it uh, cut cut into pieces Mm-hmm. so uh, if you quote these things uh, when you uh, when you be having a speech and all uh, due to the continental drift uh, many places were uh, uh, shattered into small pieces or small continents like that and then uh, new civilizations uh, flourished so in that time when the continental drift was not happened uh, at that time maybe uh sanatana dharma was uh, would have mm-hmm. been uh, yeah, prevailed in each and every part uh, yeah, of the world yeah you're perfectly right yeah yeah so you can use these things while you speak in other parts of india or other parts of abroad i think ma'am this yeah. is my just my suggestion yes yes thank we'll you for that also yeah and also i, I wanted to know one thing ma'am uh have you quoted uh, rani abba about rani abbaka in your uh, already researched her tale of valor will be included in the upcoming uh, because you, there are so you, many warriors hundreds yeah, yeah, yeah. and thousands of our warriors yeah um, all of them will be included as i tell as long as i breathe i will continue to write okay madam and i will be very grateful to you if you include our uh, warriors from karnataka thank you ma'am. yeah thank you and as uh, sivaram ji suggested i will also write on uh, the warriors pertaining to every state i'll compile stories in the future here everybody believes now that they don't know anything about indian history and indian warriors and uh, she has made us humbled by telling us the story of lot of uh, indian warriors uh, we will definitely read and take inspiration from your uh, book ma'am and now i would like to thank take this opportunity to thank uh, professor shivram manwali who had accepted to be the chief guest and has given us his wise words thank you sir i take this opportunity to thank shripati ji who to grace this occasion in fact he had accepted our invitation at the last minute and obliged thank you very much sir i now thank shrimati chaya nanjappa rajappa 
who has taken a lot of pain and helped us in this event and has also graced the occasion. Thank you, ma'am. I also thank Srimati Manushi Sinha Raval to, to have come all the way from Delhi and be with us on this occasion. In fact, we would not have been here together uh, if not for your work. Thank you very much, ma'am. Please do come to Mysore once again. I would also like to thank Institute of Engineers who has provided us this venue and time and again and obliged us for most of our events. I would like to thank our friends from the press who has also covered our most of our events. Our thanks to the photograph and videographers, sound systems from Hebar Associates and others who have held up, uh, helped us directly or indirectly to make this event a success. My special thanks to Harikiran Vadlamaniji from Indic Academy who has made this possible to conduct such events. Through his vision and guidance, it is possible to arrange such programs. Uh, last but not the least, our August audience, without which this would not have been a success, please do come to all our events and help us in conducting more such events. Thank you. Thank you one and all. Yeah.